Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Should we get started then? Yeah, we can. Whenever you're ready. I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, you gonna go hunting tomorrow? Uh, no. Why not? I don't know. It's uh, Christmas Eve. I got shit to do. What? It's Christmas Eve, bro. Oh yeah, yeah, that Christian holiday. Yeah, well, Christian-ish. Yeah. Slightly uh, um, pagan-ish. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta go to a family thing at uh, four o'clock. So I got the morning to hunt. Do you think it's gonna be pouring geese out in the morning? No. Why not? Cause it's gonna be cold. Well, yeah, but you don't think it's gonna pour geese? I don't, I don't, not until later. I don't think there's going to be a mid, mid, or a morning flight. Okay, the only time I've seen, like, morning migrations, and this is usually, it does happen pretty, pretty much every year, is, like, you get that first very, 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 very cold night of the year. Like, I'm talking, like, two or three degrees or five. Like, single, single digits, and... There is a shitload of roosts that can't handle that. You know, there's yeah. like a bunch of roosts that are fine at 25 degrees, 30 degrees, but it hits two or six and those roosts are gone. So those birds wake up the next day, they chisel themselves out and they get the fuck out. <laughs> chisel themselves out. They might. I mean, there probably will be, I yeah, there probably will be a little bit of a push tomorrow. And I remember it happened last year. Um, my buddy Cody messaged me and was like, what do you think about a hunt for the morning? And I was like, I think you should probably be drinking instead of like trying to hunt tomorrow because it was going to be like seven degrees and clear 
and I didn't take into account that was the first time that happened that year. He fucking crushed. I was watching mm. Joe's Snapchat, and Joe was just smashing in Fergus. Right like, away pulling in the morning. Mics in. I was like, what the fuck? Because there's a northwest wind tomorrow. There is, and it's not as aggressive, because I did nope. think birds were going to kind of like move north with the warmer temps this week. But I realized right away when I went hunting like Monday night that I was like, whoa, it is way too windy for geese to be like, like moving around, exploring new areas. Right. So, well, it'll be I interesting think... to see what they do. I mean, I guess. Yeah. The wind's going to cool die down on. into the afternoon, too. So, I would. Is there... It's still in the teens right away in the morning, I think. Oh, it's going to be cold as shit. Yeah, it's getting down to one up here. <laughs> yeah, I think that's about where I'm hunting. It's going to be about that temp as well. And like 20 mile an hour wind, that is cold as shit, dude. That's like dangerous cold. Super cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, zero degrees. I was sitting here at 8 a.m. with a 13 mile an hour. And then it actually gets a little more breezy. Doesn't start dropping off till 5 p.m. So it's going to be yeah. it's going to be a brutal day tomorrow. High of six. I was worried that the clouds would clear out and the birds would move overnight, but it does not look like that's going to happen here. It's like snowing-ish till 2 o'clock in the morning. And then 3 o'clock, mostly cloudy. 4 o'clock, partly cloudy. 5 o'clock, slight clouds. 6 o'clock, clear for my hunting area. So I don't think I'll lose birds like overnight. And then it says negative 2 with a 12-mile-an-hour wind at sunrise and a 30-mile-an-hour gust. Good day. Good day for your white box if you can keep it from blowing over. <laughs> I should be fine at 12-mile-an-hour winds for sure. So, yeah, I think the white box is just its just going to have to be necessary. Yeah, you're going to keep you out of the wind for sure. And right now, I think as it is, I'm going solo. So I've got a sunflower heater for spot number two. Nice. Yeah. Holy shit! I don't know if I'll be able to get the decoys out. I'd be tempted, but yeah, I actually I just have too many tasks. We got to get ready. I'm making a meal, and we got to clean the house, and there's just too many. There's just too much. So what you got to do is neglect that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just neglect that bunch of other stuff too, you know, and you'll be good to go. Yeah, probably. Just, you know? just accept it. Just accept that yeah. people will be mad, and your house will be dirty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just I, mean, do I, already ma- I already made a good meal tonight. What do they want out of me? Vultures. Dude, probably greedy motherfuckers. I know, seriously. Oh, I made a bomb ass. I made pheasant. I went to a game farm yesterday, which is the first time ever. So nothing waterfall related at all, but shots and pheasants, shots that, and chuckers. Do you think that pheasants out of a game farm taste different? Nope. I do. Really? Well, I mean, yeah, they, eat a different, they eat a different diet, so, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Well, they smell different. They smell like a chicken coop, you know? Hmm. I guess I didn't really notice that, but then I have chickens, so I might be immune. I might be immune to the chicken coop smell. I might be crazy. Yeah, you know. Always that too. <laughs> pheasants are pheasants. I mean, everybody's like, "Oh, I love pheasants. Taste so good." Yeah, they're 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 walleyes with feathers, meaning that people, the same people that go, "I love walleye. Tastes so good." No, it doesn't. Walleye doesn't taste like anything. That's why you like it. It's bland as fuck. You got to put flavor into it. And pheasants are the same way. Pheasants are just wild chickens. Just, yeah, they're just. I think I always thought they taste like chicken, just a little like heartier and better. That's it. They just that's it. That's exactly what they are. They're just a wild chicken. They're just a wild, invasive Chinese chicken. Chicken yeah. of China, the Chinese chicken. They're delicious. I think they are delicious. I'm not saying they're not delicious, but they're not like they're not amazing. And it's just like Wally. People are like, oh, Wally is so good. It's 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 so bland. It's, Minnesotans just don't like flavor. 
pheasant's good enough to be part of like a daily staple of a diet though like i wouldn't like grill goose tits like four days a week you know <laughs> goose tits no i wouldn't either um i don't think i would eat pheasant every day of the week though i'd get really bored because right, i like right. stuff that has flavor to it but i i made it like i said a la king so it was nice cream gravy with mushrooms and garlic and onions and it was amazing so anyways it's awesome yeah tastes really good I'm... anyways um what do you want to talk about uh well you, what did you say earlier you're gonna about your, your failures or what did you <laughs> <laughs> handicapping yeah, that's what it was handicapping that's what i call it <laughs> i don't know yeah i was like i've been getting a lot of I've been getting a lot of feedback. If you've been following my social media at all or my Snapchat this year uh, for my hunting season, um, I'm doing some crazy shit. And I'm just out there just trying not-so-retarded stuff. And uh, I'm getting my dick kicked in. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm getting a lot of questions about it. And people, are, I've been getting questions like, are you okay, Nick? <laughs> I just want – just been. I've been – like quietly rooting for you though like i just want one of those tall grass prairie hunts to actually work out and, and i'm actually really surprised that haven't. they haven't worked as well as um i thought they were going to now I, I did expect quite a bit of failure to to occur and and some of that to be weather related and or situational you know related because i'm going into a lot of these places like totally blind mm -hmm. and um i guess i've always kind of done stuff like this like kind of this outside of the box type of hunt here or there, but I've never like dedicated an entire season where I hunt like four days a week, five days a week doing something that has a <laughs> almost 0% chance I'll be successful at it. Well, and, I mean, it's giving you some sort of insight, right? I mean, you're, Oh, for sure. And definitely some of those hunts were failures, I believe because of the weather. And I'm like, they're in the back of my mind now, like, Damn, that shit would be. I mean, if this, if this condition and that condition were present, I'd go there in a heartbeat, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but I've I've got a, I've always tried to challenge myself. Like I can kill a goose doing this, and I became immensely cocky about it through the years. Like you know, put me under some geese, and you know, in a abandoned parking lot, we'll crush a limit. You know, I'm a traffic king. I'm like now I want to kind of find out like what's the true limits of it. And uh, so a couple, like, categories I've been working with this year. Um, number one, I'm not doing any big spreads whatsoever. It's uh, been small DSD spreads. I haven't even used all my DSDs once this year. So I'm just saying, like, usually in the teen range in my decoys, um, up to, like, 30s for, for the high counts. And that's been insightful because what I'd like to get out of that is I want to get surprised. Like, I want to put out... 15 decoys one day and think there's no way this is going to work. And then it does. And then try to go back and say, all right, now why, why did that work when I think it, it didn't? Because the end goal is for me to hunt as lazy as possible for forever. And I just, I want to be able to recognize the conditions you're, that you're so motivating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to set out 150 decoys. But we can do it with five. And I want to know exactly what those conditions are. Worst. So away with it. Worst decoy salesman of the year award goes right? to. <laughs> and man, it's been pretty, that one's been pretty on par with my thinking. Like, um, I don't think this is going to work and it doesn't, or I'm pretty sure this is going to work. That's going to be plenty today. And it is nothing's really surprised me too much there. I mean, I'm just kind of solidifying, I guess my own biases of, on it, but 
there's been uh, more than a handful of days, though, where I was like, man, what I would do to just if, – if we had 250 Bigfoots sitting out here instead of these 31 DSDs, fuck, would we be crushing? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes numbers really do matter, you know? I would – yeah. I mean, makes sense, right? We're running traffic. like. Yeah, and you always see guys, though, online, like, give me, uh, you know – three dozen realistic over those silhouettes any day like not any day <laughs> not any day not every day but there's dates so right. I, i've been doing that handicapping maneuver um no scouting is another uh handicap maneuver i've been like really keying in on this year and public land with the prairie stuff like i'm trying to source like information from the internet and just uh, just my own like intuition. Like I think it would be good to hunt this today and just go and do it and see what happens. And I, I feel like the, yeah, I feel like you're setting yourself up for failure for a lot of those just cause it just, sure. it just seems like such a long shot. You go into a prairie, a tall grass <laughs> prairie when you're surrounded by perfectly good harvested egg fields and you're throwing out eight goose decoys you know, I mean, I'm not saying that geese are critical thinkers, but they're also probably like, those fuckers are lost, you know, as they fly no, over. That's, like, that's like totally the like the reaction I see out of geese because I'm, I'm hidden well and uh, I'm sounding like geese and I'm using Dave Smith. So it looks, sounds, and I mean, it, it looks and sounds just like geese in a prairie. And geese fly past it like, what the fuck? <laughs> It's just like it's such a long shot. It's such a hard sell. Like Yeah. It'd be sweet if it worked though. I mean I would be like that would be so cool. Yeah, and another reason too that I've kind of like all right, it's fun to do this stuff and I've shot enough geese to where I don't really need to prove it to myself and I don't need to see the same movie for the five hundredth time, you know? Right. Um I don't know. I, I just, we've had such a bad season after that snowstorm we got in October. It's really staled out. And I'm watching other guys go out and they scout every day and they're getting permission on fields. And then they get one volley in before it's sunset, you know, it, it, and that just happens to them consistently. I'm like, how are my hunts going worse than that? Really? I mean, those guys not only got to shoot into one group and then they got, you know, fucked by the geese that didn't come out till after sunset. They also wasted a day scouting it. Wow. So I'm still, I guess I'm ahead because I didn't scout. So I'm still having an unsuccessful hunt, same as everyone else. I just invested less and I'm learning more. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, I, I'm, I'm tracking. I'm picking up so what you're putting down. Sometimes I'm like, I've had, I've had a few moments, many, many moments where I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I've got to knock this shit off. I'm like physically exhausted. I'm not shooting shit. I'm hunting by myself because I can't invite people to this stupid shit. And uh, I should just go do something like I, I should just go scout and start knocking on some doors tomorrow. And then I'll look at the forecast. and I'll be like, but what day? All right. Hypothetically, I get a good field. When do I hunt it? Like the seven day forecast looks like shit. Like I consider it a wasted feed. If you hunt it on a day, you shouldn't like weather wise, you know, like if you hunt it on, the cold clear day when the next following day is like cloudy and spitting some rain snow mix you wasted that feed right so I, i'm like okay hypothetically i find a good spot to hunt like a, a cornfield 
then what? Like, go out there and set up and hope some comes out before um, sunset. I had geese. I, I waited some geese out this year, and they came out. The first group I saw 13 minutes after sunset. I was like, I mean, this is stupid. I might as well like try new areas, learn new stuff. Yeah. Well, fail miserably. <laughs> cried at myself to sleep. Well, how many, how many motivational speakers are out there that tell you that through that you you learn from failure? So you must be learning a lot. I've got a book of knowledge, let me tell you, <laughs> yeah, on failure. <laughs> you know, I do think that 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 little cattle pasture that we hunted earlier this year, though. Oh, if we'd yeah. have given us more, if we if we'd have had more time, I think, like maybe set up earlier or on a better migration day or whatever, I actually think that would have worked. I do too, and that isn't a good area. And I I did hunt that spot again. Uh, oh, did you? Year. Yeah, I hunted the corn when they took the corn out. Okay. And I busted my dick to get in there, and I shot a duck. <laughs> and, I shot, <laughs> and I shot a duck. Hey, dude, I, I was straight as I was in the white box. I was I exerted uh, all of my energy, pulled all of my muscles to get the equipment out into that field. It was so muddy, and uh, <laughs> I was just sitting there and sitting there and sitting there. And I looked, and my eyes squinted, and I seen something on the horizon. I was like, "That can't be a duck." <laughs> sure enough, it was a fucking hen mallard, and she circles like five times right over the box i'm like just giggling in there like this is not gonna happen and she just cupped up and dumped and i was like crack shot her once and i was like i can't believe they took the duck gods took enough pity on me today to actually let me get one that's nice that was that's nice the only it. waterfowl animal that came near me that day wow yeah even that i think even if we would have noticed that loner that we saw if we would have noticed him earlier because he did he did start looking once you hit him with that call, but I think he was just too far past already. He was vulnerable for sure. Yeah, I think we would have had a shot. That would have been so sweet. But you don't think migrators are going to cascade down tomorrow, huh? I guess I don't know. I mean, you have a compelling argument about the first really cold, you know, single-digit day. A lot of roosts are going to uh, freeze up. But here, here's what I will say. Um... I think the roost that they're using now, because most of the lakes are already frozen, so that means most of the ponds are already frozen, the roosts that they're using now probably aren't susceptible to freezing anyways. It's probably a moving water or a warm water source already. Maybe, um, but it's been 40 degrees. Yeah, but I've been ice fishing. I mean, there's yes. ice on the lakes. So Yeah, you would know better than I don't walk on that stuff normally. Yeah, so, and like uh, early early ice, like a lot of times... I was on in like Big Marine. Like there'll be there's geese that'll stand they'll roost and they'll stand out on the ice on Big Marine. It has not been yeah. the case this year. I, there's been no geese out there. So huh. um I just feel like at this stage of the game where we're at, I think the I think you're into like historical winter roosting sites that aren't really gonna change much with I think, with temperature I right now. You, you actually do have a really good point. Um on that line too because there are birds that just are people you know calendar migrators is what they're commonly known as sure i mean these birds are just kind of they probably stick with like the water food sources that they like to eat that move further and further south gradually through time and every couple weeks they got to shift and move there's probably very few grass feeders left where if you get that five degree day on november 10th 
that's going to be a lot different. Right. It's compared to like December 23rd. Yep. So yeah, you do have a good point there and I can see that for sure. But it is the first like real major weather system of the year, so they could get squirrely too. I mean, there, there there are th- such things as um like I call them temperature or comfort migrators that seem to like go in and out of areas like waves on an inch. You know, they just are following like a set temperature comfort level. Sure. And there, I definitely noticed that um on Sunday when we did that sandbar hunt. Yeah. Um, there was geese pouring into the roost. Like I was hunting very close to a major roost. And uh, I, I was thinking there, I'd seen between like 700 and a thousand geese arrive like just that afternoon. And we had a couple Jesus. other big group. We had a couple other big groups of migrators fly over us from the South, like that were almost in the clouds. And uh, I was like, wow, uh, that roost got almost a thousand birds. I bet. And then I looked on uh I looked online at some birding sites and there was a report at that roost from noon and it said 550 geese. And then there was a report at that roost at 3:20 PM that said 1450 geese. So I think, uh, I I think I was pretty close. Yeah. And so I was like, those gotta be like comfort migrators or whatever. And I thought they'd kind of keep moving up this week with the temps, but I think the wind might've suppressed that a little bit. Or all the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty brutal. I mean, the, the birds definitely know what's going on before we do. Like, just going off of the little Tweety birds I have here at my house and my feeders. Like, they before the weather even hit. And it was mild. I went outside this morning. It was like 40 degrees this morning. It was like super mild. And the, yeah. the birds were going nuts on the feeders. I mean, they were no just shit. going crazy. So, they're definitely... And then they fed into the storm, I would say... Like, the first hour or two of the storm, they fed pretty hard. And then it was like they were just gone. No shit. Yeah, so I think they they fed before the storm. They fed heavy during the first part of it. And then they were like, all right, we got full bellies. We're going to go ride this bitch out somewhere. That's really cool. Um, What was the pressure doing this afternoon when you saw saw that? Dropping like a motherfucker. When the pressure drops, you think that that birds can feel that? Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with fishing. Fishing with the falling barometer is always good. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, and I uh, I don't know much about it, but I've Googled um, bird migration and uh, air pressure, and you just punch that into Google. There is a lot of papers written about it. Yeah, you'll see the same thing with deer. I mean, you'll be a full day ahead of a storm, and you'll be like, why are the deer in the fields already at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? They They feel the change. They know what's coming, so... Are they feeling it change or are they just doing what they normally do? Because normally if you get a system that's about to come in, you're going to get like pre-weather, like weather that kind of indicates that it's coming. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, listen, they live in it all the time. Yeah, they, they're they yeah. outside. They're what, whatever they're picking up on. Maybe they smell the weather coming. Maybe it's not barometer. I don't know what I don't, they could pick up on pressure they could maybe they smell the weather maybe it's a light i don't know it could be multiple factors could be all the factors but they do seem to know when uh something is coming where they need to hurry up get a bunch of calories in them and then hunker down and ride it out so i mean yeah and you know one thing i think about too is like these species have been evolving for like millions of years 
Yes. And the, I mean, the oldest, the oldest human skeleton they've ever found is like 300,000 years old. Right. I mean, we have history going back 4,000 years. I mean, these geese have been in ducks and birds. They've been, like you said, living in it and they've been doing it for millions, millions of years, hundreds of thousands of generations. Right. So they're probably good at it. I would, th- I would think they're pretty good at it. <laughs> they're not, and they're not distracted with stupid shit like, you know, uh, Instagram. Or you know uh, the new Mandalorian series, uh, they 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 just their only hobby is surviving. So they they're pretty <laughs> That's true. they're pretty in tune with it. They don't have any distractions. And in the spring, like chasing after small children and making hilarious <laughs> Instagram videos. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Yeah, they're not worried about making a TikTok. They just they're out there doing it, just grinding it out. Just like Nick J, learning from his mistakes. That's right. Well, here's the problem: learn when when nature tries to learn from their mistakes, they usually end up dead. So, you know, natural selection will get me sooner or later. That's possible. But, uh, you're not much of a, you're not that big of a risk taker, though. You don't like cold weather. You don't like uh, a lot of hard work. Um, hard work? What are you talking about? <laughs> Oh man, I like hard work, man. Have you been seen me sweaty all on my snaps? Every single time, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm so like, funny. who wants to come join me? Nobody responds. Crickets. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you if if some of your crazy ideas started to work, I think you'd have more people blowing you up to go. And I, I there's all right nine out of ten of these things, I'm never doing these again. You know, right? But there's there's gonna be um there's going to be in the future some pretty cool hunts that happen because of the shit i learned this year so yeah what are you what like are you going to refine you're like okay this absolutely didn't work in hindsight it wouldn't it never will work and these are the why these are the why but if i take what i've learned what doesn't work and i apply it to these other areas like what are you thinking like set up a scenario that might seem weird to most but that you are fairly confident will work um well, most of my decoy spreads, m- most people don't think will work, but seem to work really well. But I mean, like, like I was saying, when I'm looking at the forecast, I'm like, what do I do if I find a feed? Uh, I guess I hunt it the next day and maybe get a shot off before sunset. Like then I'm starting to just like cruise Onyx maps, like Onyx and base maps and um, Google Earth, Google Earth 3D kicks ass. Um, and I'm just cruising around like, well, what, what do I where's their knowledge gap like well i've never hunted in this area look they got a wma right there they got a boat access here you know there's stuff to do over there and i've heard of people shooting geese there before i think like well why don't i just go sit on that pond or go sit in that prairie and i'll see like i can see whatever's in within binocular range that's something i'll know for the future you know not something like i'll go to my typical area and scout and then the geese will fuck me the next day (laughs) yeah well yeah so I want to learn, you know, I want to, I want to fill in like gaps that I'm missing. Cause part of me, uh, I just don't think being good at hunting is fun. It's getting good at hunting. That's fun. Like sure. when, you're, when, when you're acquiring the skills, like yeah. I, I honestly, I have not squished an ant colony in like 25 years now. Like there was a time I was really into squishing ants and I just don't anymore because it, it's pretty boring. I got really good at squishing ants. Uh, so I, okay. I mean, that's dark, but yeah. Anyways, <laughs> dude, everybody does when you're kids. <laughs> but I got the blueprint on. You know, I know how to go shoot geese, knock on doors, and that sort of thing. But 
I've seen the movie 500 times. I've squished those ants. Like, sure. I want to. It's not fun to just do it repetitively. It's fun to learn stuff about birds, learn stuff about a new area. Uh, I've seen some really cool areas and been in some really cool places that I would have never been ever had I not started doing this stuff. And I probably will get good hunts out of it without scouting in the future. Just I know now, like, oh, damn, there is birds over here. And fuck, man, this spot's pretty good. Next time if I did it, I'd come in this way. I'd use these decoys and it should be snowing. Okay, I think that's a fair point. I think I think I see what you're saying. It's like you're you're you are learning from what doesn't work. Um, so you're setting up some parameters that almost like a checklist. Like in the future, at some point in time, you might get to the level of of mastery where you can be like these weather conditions, this spot will produce or should produce Well, at least on a base level at least i know like well there ain't shit there or there's birds there like there's birds there that could get got well i mean it's just the, i mean it's not that it's really not that different from what most people know now of our molt migrators you know it's like you're hunting a field you don't have to go scout for a field for a migrator field you just you want a spot with good visibility. The geese aren't there. Yep. They weren't there. They probably never will be there. But if you get there in the right conditions, you're going to kill geese. So and me and Phil Schmidt would like post on those internet forums for years about how to do that. And nobody believed us. <laughs> and I guess I'm kind of like just seeking that again. Sure. You know? like yeah. Just, what can I just kind of be consistently successful in the right conditions that nobody's going to fucking believe me or try and well, I kind of have it to myself, you know? I, well, I do think you're onto something too with the, um, the diet migrations, the diet movements, you know, the feed movements. Um, Definitely. and so I think, I think that's something that is definitely worth looking more into in the same vein as molt migrators, you know, it's like, okay, oh, it's going to sure. be abnormally warm and the crops of this type are coming out. So instead of going south or whatever, I think we need to head north and look for a blah, blah, blah field, you know, whatever that exactly. might be. Dude, and I was not the only person who noticed like crazy heavy water feeds in the area this year. Like I see water feeds, they, they happen, but this year was like geese were going ape shit in the water they were gorging every day when it would freeze and uh, uh dethaw they were back like that next day asses in the air feet like feeding hard as could be you know what it probably and, uh, is. i heard that from many people this year so i wonder like okay what is number one what in the water are they eating was number it a, two was it always a freeze thaw no 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 like i've always noticed like a good water feed in my neighborhood like you know, maybe once a year, maybe a couple times a year for a week or so. I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting how they're just feeding it that lake hard as shit. But this year, it was like weeks on end. There was more geese in the uh, my local lake over here than I'd ever seen, I think, ever. And they were there a, a lot. Like, I'm talking about close to a thousand birds on a lake that normally holds a hundred or 150 or 200. Mm. That's a dramatic increase. And not only was it a dramatic increase in quantity, but it was a dramatic increase in their duration of stay. So what the hell were they eating? Why was the, you know, the, uh, why was that food source so abundant this year? How can I recognize in an area that they, that has that food source that has good conditions for that food source and then try to plan a hunt around that or, or at least travel to an area to, target geese because i know geese love this food and that well, food did great out there it's no different than the just 
this place had a bunch of crops get knocked down by wind. Right. So, well, here's what we need to do. Next year, when you when you notice like immediately notice that water feed, um, we need to get out there and drop my camera down and see what that's a good idea. And see what aquatic vegetation is down there. Or um, it might be invertebrates or shrimpters. It, it could whatever. It could be invertebrates. Um, I'm not completely writing that off, but you don't see a ton of uh, new stuff in the fall. As water temperatures drop, it's not really the time for new things to be popping out. Okay, but, but there's this. Yeah, did I ever talk about the spiny-headed worm? Uh, yes, you did. I mean, I don't know yeah, on yeah, here, but I remember you on your Snapchat or something. You were talking about that, and that, and it could, and that could be it. I could be wrong. It could very well be an invertebrate of some sort. Um, but I do know that, you know, as things die off or new plants grow or, you know, there could be uh, an aquatic plant food source too. There has to, well, there has to be some food source. I know yeah. that's there. Well, I mean, canvasbacks and uh, other ducks, they love like aquatic celery. And then that's okay. what, that's what they're looking for. And, and that's just like, it's a, it's a really simple plant. It's like a single stalk, like just a, it's like a long blade of grass basically grows off okay. a, grows off a bulb they love eating that shit everything loves eating that stuff so uh and that could even be what the geese are eating i don't know uh, but i know that i've seen you know when they're when the geese are dabbling and they're you know they got their ass in there and they come up i've seen them they're eating some sort of plant is what i see on that occasion on that particular occasion yeah correct so but i do think a camera even even if it's bugs i mean if you lower that camera all the way down into the mud this is an old like fishing trick um you like drop the camera into the mud and then pick it up and see what kind of shit is floating around. You know, you stir it up the bottom. What what kind of stuff did you know? What kind of bugs? What kind of whatever is is swimming around when you stir up the bottom? So, is there some sort of like DNR um, uh, like biologist of water species that we could talk to about this sort of thing? Probably. I have observations. Maybe that could match up with somebody else's knowledge. Probably that might be worth some some of your your internet sleuthing on. Uh, papers of uh diets you know uh, I was reading some interesting papers or um, uh, okay have you ever seen geese feed at night uh yeah you have when because oh, i never I have. uh i've seen them at night for sure like have you ever drove out into a field at like 3 a.m to get there early and there's geese there feeding and you had to kick them out no that has never happened no, me neither. So I was kind of convinced that geese don't feed at night and people are weird about the full moon for no reason. So I started researching that. And uh, I found a paper from the 80s from, that were doing a study on um, barnacles. And they found that barnacles were feeding um, on full moons. But they're also doing it whether it was cloudy, stormy, rainy, oh, clear, weird. any conditions. And so they were saying that they think that the reason that they're doing it around a full moon is that there's an insect that has a life cycle that's timed with the moon phase. That could be. And that, and that they were going out there to forage on moon phase life cycle bugs in the middle of the night. I was like, well, that makes sense, too, because if yep. I've never noticed it before. Because I notice migration activity at night. Sure. But I've never seen anything close to feeding. I've never seen geese. You know, it gets right at dusk, like right at last light, they go back to the roost. Or they start migrating. And uh, I'm like, well, that would make sense, too, because maybe I, there's none of that 
type of bug in my area, so I wouldn't notice that. Sure. So, I mean, I've yeah. seen it where geese leave, like, like they don't leave the roost till like super late, and like if you were hunting, doing an evening hunt, you wouldn't have been able to do any shooting because they didn't even didn't even get off the roost until legal was over, and then oh, they, like that. and they fed way into you know even after sundown they just stayed in the field they never came back. So I mean, I saw that this fall when I was out I was out doing some late fall fishing. And the geese flew out like 15 minutes before legal. Like you might, you if you were in a field, you may have got some shooting in. But they continued to fly after legal was over. And I fished till after dark. You know, I was loading my boat on my trailer with the nav lights and everything. It was dark, dark, and the geese never came back. Here's one thing you got to watch out for that. Geese will go out and they'll feed like till you can't see anymore or just right around that time period within five minutes or so. And then sometimes they lift up and migrate. Sure. So they they don't come back to the roost that night. So does it mean they're feeding all night? No, I'm, I might I might be wrong too. But well, um, I don't I don't think they're feeding I know they, all I, night. I, know they, I don't think they're like you know no, they don't they, even do no. an all day feed. So why would they do an all night feed? But they might yeah. Feed and even for, this paper, you know, they were out there for like a couple hours. Right. Either way, but, they're full. They're probably not going to leave first thing in the morning. You know, why would they feed? You know, they just fed five hours ago the sun comes up they're not going to feed again right away i wouldn't think yeah i i found more it to be more true when you just like say all right it's cloudy and the temp is this like even if they fed all day yesterday they'll do it again the next day if uh if the weather calls for it normally i'd say actually now that it and i would have to this is why a person should keep detailed logs um that day that I'm referring to, I do remember that um, the geese did not feed in the morning. There was like no okay. morning feed the next day. Cold and clear. I don't. I, that's the thing. I don't remember what the weather patterns were, and that's why a person needs a, to make a detailed log because it would make sense. But I remember thinking in hindsight, going, you know, that makes sense that they didn't because they fed super late last night. Because I was fishing, I watched it. I saw it happen. Hmm. Or and, there, and there were still birds in the area, so they didn't. I mean, some of them may have migrated, <laughs> but they they just weren't. You know what I mean? Like they were still there. They didn't migrate, at least not all of them. If they did, uh, they just weren't on a morning pattern the following morning for whatever reason. Could very well have been cold and clear. I, I don't remember. Yeah, and uh, you know that's another thing about keeping detailed logs is you keep learning stuff too. So. Sometimes uh, your log is never enough, never enough details because you go, I wonder how what it was like this day. But, oh, yep, I didn't write it down. Right. Well, while you're out there developing calling apps, well, you might as well just develop a, a hunting logbook app that ties in with your local weather service that you don't have to plug in all that shit. It just does it for you. That actually is a really good idea, Dale. Of course, I like it's that. A good dude. Idea. I've got a, I've got a guy who developed an app that's fucking. That app is pretty sick man i'm not gonna lie it's a math application and at first he, it just had he gave it to me it had like all the um public land borders on it pretty standard right and uh i was using it because i liked the way that it was outlined and then uh started adding like uh data from it like from some of my websites like doing some data requests and putting it on there in like an easy to read format i was like holy fuck man <laughs> yeah 
This is awesome. Well, the other thing you could do on that, you would have second like things to fill in. Like it's not just did you kill geese? Yes, no. Like it'd be like when did you? What time did you see the first goose? And like at, you would just open the app. Like oh, there's our first goose, and then just like hit the bird sighting button. You know, did the decoy? Yes, no. And you would have all you know, sorts of data. It'd be nice if it asked you like a series of questions that you could just do like a multiple choice answer of. So I don't have to really write anything. Like right. even if the questions were like randomized, like ten, like. How was it cloudy this morning? No. Did the birds fly this morning? No. Did you do well today? Or how did you do today? Zero to one, two to four, you know, like yeah. C. And then you could kind of just. Well, this would be would... nice if it was tied into like a weather, another, a weather app or something, because then it would tell you by your location exactly what the, you know, was the like barometer falling, what temperature was, where, what was the wind, out of what direction, was there precipitation? And oh, for sure. And it would track all websites, of that. There's websites that they keep that. I think they keep that information on hand. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah, you yeah. could go back if you wanted to do it the hard way. I ain't got time for that. I'm not writing no, out. I'm, the, I'm not writing out a that. log now. You think I'm gonna go research what the weather was in September 9th no, 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 after the fact? Oh, I got gotcha. you. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It would it would have to be tied into a, a weather app that got all that that pulled that data for you. Yeah, I, I I do come across that too. Where I'm like, God, you know, that one day last year, the birds did the same thing. What was the weather like that day? I do kind of run into that myself. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. Start, there's a million other just one of my scores of million dollar ideas that I just give away for free on the internet. Supposed to be seeing a beta app of the calling app on uh january one. Oh, cool yeah hopefully it's hopefully pretty good man oh, it's been a long time waiting I, I thought it was gonna be out like august 15th well as long as it's out i would think by like late spring early summer so people can use it to brush up before the upcoming season i think that would be a good time to drop it and i don't care where when it comes out either as long as it's you know good Right. Yeah, true. I mean, better. I'd rather it just be right than rushed. Yeah, for sure. 100%. People, once people talk shit about it, that's hard to wipe away. Yeah. Yep. So, I don't know. I'd like it to just be good from the get. But, uh, I don't know. This has been actually a pretty uh, insightful and thought-provoking uh, episode, if yeah, you ask me. I think this was pretty good. Hopefully, the uh, microphone uh, recording way we're doing it now sounds a little bit uh, better that last episode i couldn't listen to man it was bad <laughs> see i never i personally i don't really care i listen to people talk on the phone if i'm into the if i'm into the subject matter it doesn't really matter to me but really oh it just ruins it for me in a yeah, way. yeah i like, know I, I know some people are that way you're not alone you're not alone i've heard that from other people that some people like it's if it's if it's bad audio quality they, they just they can't do it so i'm always i always prefer better audio quality whenever we can i prefer in person over anything yeah, far and away yeah. because there's just there's you know uh, facial expressions there's body language there's all sorts of different communication um you know 100 uh, agree what's the word i'm looking for like you know uh it makes cues. the conversation there's more the cues yeah. like there's less talking over each other because you know when somebody is done talking or if they're just <laughs> or if they're just searching for a word you know there's a difference but when you're on the phone and somebody pauses because they're thinking of word and then the person just jumps in and starts talking it's like ugh, i wasn't done yet i was looking i was thinking you know so you just you have less of that when you're in person in person's always going to be better and we will continue yeah. to do that as it is as it works when it can work but this is if we get this ironed out where we can get good audio from a distance like we're doing today calling then 
it's going to make life a shit ton easier for us to continue to put these out consistently and timely, which is what I want to do. Yeah, that's good too. I, and it's also just way easier to just stop you from talking about fish when we're in person too. <laughs> <laughs> and just I don't talk about it, it that much. I know, I know. I'm just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you specialists do it. <laughs> of, well, I mean, I didn't stop you when you talked about biking for two seconds today. So, you know, I'll let you. Did I? Did well, I talk just, about it or did I mention it happened? No, you mentioned it about getting a headset that you could use while biking. Yeah, that's a retarded topic. I should not have said that. Stop me, Dale. It is what it is. Well, sir, have yourself a, a Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Festivus for the rest of us. All right, dude, and uh, next time we'll talk about New York and uh, all their cool spots and stuff we can hunt and go through their wrecks. I don't think we're ever going to get to that New York wreck. I think we're just going to always talk about talking about it, and that's going to be kind of like the running joke at this point. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> all <laughs> right, dude. All right, later, man. Later, man. Later, man.